The products discussed in this podcast are only available in the United States. Hello, everyone. This is Kevin McCullough from the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. I'm joined here by my colleague, Mark Santolo, and today we're going to dig into a timely topic, yields and what's driving them. Mark, we've obviously seen a recent surge in yields with the U.S. 10-year Treasury pushing up to the highest yields we've seen for a long time. There's obviously a variety of factors that can influence yields, but uh, let's start with the fundamentals. Uh, I think this is how most investors tend to think about the narrative. What are the fundamental reasons we're seeing this sudden spike in yields? Yeah, we tend to think about nominal Treasury yields as a combination of inflation expectations and real rates. So the main fundamental drivers of Treasury yields are expected inflation, inflation uncertainty, Fed policy, and the long-term growth outlook. Let's start with inflation. We've been making great progress. The baseline expectations largely reflect it. But when you look at derivatives pricing, you can get a sense for the probability distribution of future inflation. And over the next five years, the median inflation expectation is 2.4%, but the 90th percentile outcome is 4.8%. In other words, that's 4.8% annualized inflation that the market assigns a 1 in 10 chance of occurring. As a point of reference, at year-end 2019, before the onset of COVID, the market's median five-year inflation expectation was 1.9%, and the 90th percentile outcome is 2.6%. It was a much tighter range of possible outcomes back then. So I'd make the case that this remaining inflation uncertainty is keeping rates elevated, also representing a a potential catalyst for, for a future decline in rates. You could easily see Treasury yields come down 25 basis points simply from the range of outcomes narrowing even if the baseline expectation stays the same. Inflation's been a huge driver for rates, and we've seen a lot of rate volatility um, as that expectation's been changing in real time. What about some of the other fundamental drivers like real rates? We had no change in the Fed funds rate at the September FOMC meeting, and despite the market assigning some probability to another hike or even two this year, we think there's a strong chance that the Fed is done. And looking out to the end of next year, We're no longer in a situation where a substantial number of hikes or cuts are expected. If you go back to May, the market was expecting something like six cuts over the upcoming year. Now it's like two. So we're debating smaller changes now. Most of the next several Fed meetings are likely to be no changes, which is a sharp contrast to 2022 when we had four separate meetings with 75 basis point increases. So I think the focus should now be on the time element, the amount of time we keep rates restrictive as opposed to the level. Plus, you could argue that we've been drifting toward a higher-for-longer type of backdrop, in part because the economy has been unexpectedly strong, not because we're seeing stubborn inflationary pressures. But overall, I think Fed uncertainty should be less of a driver now. You touch on an important distinction because there's really two fundamental drivers that can push yields higher, inflation and growth. But you generally get a pretty different market outcome when the increase is driven by inflation versus when the increase is driven by growth. Through 2022, it was pretty much a one-way street where the rise continued to be driven by inflation expectations that just you know, kept ratcheting higher and then you know, a Fed reaction function that, that ratcheted higher on the back of that. Uh, but now it's really just about growth hanging in there better than what's been expected. All of that said, as short-term investors, you and I don't always have the luxury of exclusively thinking about the fundamentals and waiting for fundamentals to really drive market price action. We need to consider technical factors as well. What are some of the technical factors out there that, that you see moving yields right now? 
To me, the increasing supply of treasuries is a factor in some of the recent yield increases, as well as a source of uncertainty for you know yield changes in the future. We haven't stopped spending money. The market value of outstanding treasury debt is right around all-time highs. Um, when the Treasury Department released initial guidance about Q4 issuance, it was a higher number than the prior quarter. On top of that, a higher percentage of it was long duration. So this additional supply in the long end puts upward pressure on the term premium and leads to higher yields. And we saw that back in late July. Um, toward the end of this month, toward the end of October, we should get additional guidance for Q4 as well as Q1 of 2024. So I think we could see some additional volatility in Treasury yields if there are revised estimates for Q4 and or surprises for Q1 of next year. Another thing to keep in mind, since June of last year, the Fed has undergone quantitative tightening. And by that, we mean treasuries held on the Fed's balance sheet are being allowed to roll off at maturity and not being repurchased in the market. So while treasury auction demand is still pretty strong, that marginal buyer from two to three years ago is gone. Finally, U.S. yields don't trade in a vacuum. Sovereign yields in other developed countries can play a role in the equilibrium yield here in the U.S. Japan has been an interesting country to watch. The Bank of Japan is still engaging in a yield curve control policy, but we've seen a couple of moves at least in the direction of a phase-out. Japanese yields have increased 50 basis points or so over the past year, and while JGBs still yield far lower than U.S. Treasuries across every tenor, Treasury yields have risen each time Japanese bond yields have risen as well. Yeah, tough to discount this. I've, I've also heard you know, some concerns out there that foreign buyers like China potentially stepping back from purchasing treasuries might also represent uh, another potential source of decreased demand. This dynamic is actually you know, pretty different in, in the corporate market as opposed to treasuries. Uh, spreads in corporates continue to tighten. It seems like there's plenty of demand out there. And just given the backdrop, I can't imagine that too many companies are rushing to issue new bonds at, at this current level of yields. All that said, on September 5th, we actually got a, you know maybe a rare glimpse at uh, what the current supply and demand dynamic uh, looks like despite those higher yields, where we had 20 companies issue a combined $36 billion in new investment-grade uh, credit issuance. I mean, you might think on a record-setting day of issuance like that, you'd see spreads widen as investors demand compensation to absorb the new paper. Uh, but it didn't quite play out that way, did it, Mark? No, it was the highest issuance day since April of 2020. But the market ended up gobbling up the new corporate bonds, and we ended the day with spreads up one basis point. Treasury yields did rise about nine basis points. So it's plausible that they were selling treasuries in order to buy the corporate bonds, as many corporate bond customers are really just high-quality duration customers. So this was a high issuance day, but within a low issuance year. And so it definitely seemed like the exception, not the rule. But as you mentioned, it did provide a glimpse into the supply-demand dynamics at play in the market today. And one other final technical factor to consider, at the beginning of the year, you and I did an Institutional Trends podcast episode where we mentioned the special financial assistance that was granted to a number of underfunded multi-employer union pension plans as part of the American Rescue Plan Act. The final cost of this relief was estimated to be $94 billion dollars. And even though plans started receiving relief funds in 2022, we saw only $9 billion dispersed in 2022, $44 billion paid through 930 2023 and the rest still under review to be paid later this year and into 2024. One of the features about that relief is that recipients are required to invest 67% of all funds in high-quality investment-grade fixed income. And this is new grant money from the government. It's not balances currently sitting in treasuries before. So when all is said and done, we will have seen something like $60 billion in totally new demand, providing a marginal bid for high-quality fixed income, particularly corporate bonds. This is already underway. 
it's not something I think most investors consider, but some of these technicals can really make a difference. You know, if, if you have this, you know, persistence of demand for investment grade credit, if we see reduced issuance because yields are higher, it's really hard to imagine spreads widening too much unless we really start to see recessionary signals or some broader credit event threatens to spill over into, uh, you know, its broader credit markets. Given all that and how much the market seems to be repricing expectations week to week, how should fixed income investors be navigating this environment? I think the favorable supply and demand dynamics make corporate bonds an attractive asset class. If you look out over the next year, you know, either we get a continuation of higher for longer, companies might still hesitate to issue debt at those higher yields. Meanwhile, it probably means the economy is still holding up and investors might be more constructive on risk-taking in general. I think excess demand can continue to push spreads lower than credit fundamentals suggest. But on the other hand, if we get cooler inflation along with slower growth or even a mild recession, we should see a larger decline in yields. And that becomes a great environment for bonds in general. And of course, if we get something in the middle, you might earn a return in the high 5% or even low 6% range in line with current yields. Not too shabby. That concludes our discussion on yields and the drivers behind them. For more of our research and investment insights, please visit our website, ntixisimsolutions.com. And as always, feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or for customized insights tailored to your specific portfolio. On behalf of the Portfolio Analysis and Consulting Team at Natixis Investment Manager Solutions, thank you for your continued partnership, and thanks for listening. Important information as of October 3, 2023. This material is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. There can be no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. The views and opinions expressed may change based on market and other conditions. Investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Investment risk exists with equity, fixed income, international and emerging markets. Additionally, alternative investments, including managed futures, can involve a higher degree of risk and may not be suitable for all investors. There is no assurance that any investment will meet its performance objectives or that losses will be avoided. This document may contain references to copyrights, indexes and trademarks that may not be registered in all jurisdictions. Third-party registrations are the property of their respective owners and are not affiliated with Natixis Investment Managers or any of its related or affiliated companies. Collectively Natixis, such third-party owners do not sponsor, endorse or participate in the provision of any Natixis services, funds or other financial products. Natixis Advisors, LLC provides advisory services through its division Natixis Investment Manager Solutions. Advisory services are generally provided with the assistance of model portfolio providers, some of which are affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers, LLC. Natixis Advisors, LLC does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax or legal professional prior to making any investment decision at Solutions.com. Member SIPC, POD 51 September, 2023, Ad Tracks 5979788, 1, 1, Expiration Date October 31, 2024.